I don't know. Some of you, maybe some of you, might recognize that tune. They might know where it's from. I mean, obviously, we're talking, it's Schumer. But, two pieces. Two pieces I've used it on before. That was the new Mask of Eminity. Way back in the day, we're talking about in the early 2000s. And my most recent piece, entitled Frazzle Drip, also uses the, um, the oral epiphanies of one Franz Schumacher in order to express its joviality in the written word. But enough of that. That, my friends, is not what we are here for. No, sir, not by any means. Um, while it's great to have that kind of um, <clears throat> break in the grand scheme of things, Tonight is a special night. Tonight is a night I've been waiting for. Tonight's a night I've been waiting to share with you all. Tonight is a night that I get to share with you my most recent publication. It's a chat book entitled Severance Poems from a Dystopian America. Now, why would anyone pray tell desire to dig so deep into the hopes and dreams of other people so as to declare that these are the poems, the verse, the script of a dystopian America. Well, let me tell you, because these poems were a long time in the coming. They're, it's not like they just, like, showed up one day. You know what I mean? Like, so... We got some things going on here, um, some special things. Now, Severance, Poems of a Dystopian America, the virtual poetry reading, was originally meant to have um, simulcasted uh, probably about hmm, anywhere from five to ten days ago. But due to life and everything that happens therein... It was not meant to happen. And that's just the way it has to go sometimes. There's nothing we can do about it at any given time. Let me tell you what. So now, we are simulcasting here live before you all. A virtual poetry reading. An episode of the Experience Podcast with Michael Aaron Casares. And just some poetry. So... Pardon me while I move my microphone front and center. Uh. I think I'm ready. Okay, so we'll move ahead with no such scrutinies of the self involved. But let me say to you this. I um, I have finally pieced together everything that I needed to do in order to get where I'm going done. Does that make sense? I don't know. It may not make any sense whatsoever. And that's okay. Because here we are 
in the back drapes of, um, I don't know, admiration. Like, I guess if you're going to copy someone, you might as well do it because you admire them, right? Not because you're trying to be better than them. Right. Yes, because sometimes it doesn't even go that way. Let's not even go there. What we're trying to say is that tonight um, I'm going to share with you the poetry that came from my chat book, Severance Poems of a Dystopian America, because it's about that time. And, you know, um, back in the heyday of the independent literary scene, um, I might have tried to organize a poetry reading, you know, between here and Anywhere that anyone would allow me to read my book. Been there, done that, right? But this is the world of COVID we're living in. And in the world of COVID, we can share our artistic and our poetic endeavors, virtually speaking. And you can tune in as you please. So, um, if you're a listener to the Experience podcast with Michael Aaron Casadis, then you probably already know kind of what my tick is, you know what I mean? But if you're tuning in for the first time because you're listening to the virtual poetry reading of one Michael Aaron Gossidis reading his poetry chapbook, Severance, Poems of a Dystopian America, that is a different story altogether. But why not let the poems speak for themselves, right? So the work that I'm sharing with you tonight most of it, <laughs> all of it, was written way before Trump decided to become a president, way before he decided to come a pain in your ass because you might be liberal progressive and you're tuning into some kind of poetry show and you're tuning into some kind of um, uh, woe-begotten, heavy-spoken liberal arts individual who is dictating to you the extremes of the art conundrum mm. well what do you have to say about that well all i can tell you is that globalists and satanists painted the landscape for art to be nothing but degradation and ruin in the 1960s well we're bringing it back with something a little bit lighter and a bit of a bounce to it but let me tell you one thing for sure these poems were written most of them were written during George Bush II regime. Like, most of these poems were produced in that time. Now, what does that tell you as a listener or as a reader or as a discerner of, you know, matrix-type complex thoughts? That these poems are written in 2003 for a Republican administration and yet at the same time they still are prevalent to this day with another Republican administration. And what? What are we looking at? Um, uh, 13, 10, 10, 15, two, almost 20 years hence. Jesus Christ, right? So just so you guys know, we are live streaming on YouTube right now as well as... Being good on Anchor.fm, our home host, um, we're pretty safe right now at only one viewer at YouTube. So to be sure, 
no one else is tuning into the stream, so we can be naked and ourselves. Let's do so. All right, so moving forward. It says a lot that these poems mean these things, but they're still relevant. And not in the sense that, hey, we had a Republican back in 2003, and now we have a Republican in 2020, 2018, 2019, 17, 16. No. You would think they're still relevant because they are written during the party that was prevalent at that time as it is now. But what is very interesting to note is that the party that is now is only prevalent because you gotta you gotta sneak in you gotta sneak in you got to do some really intense camouflage in order to get into the Republican Party these days and um, it just so happens that uh, uh, what I believe and what, you know, uh, stays holds strong for me and my own personal beliefs is, well, it falls to the Republican conservative side. It's not my fault. It does. It's not my fault that those people are better at feigning integrity than the people on the side of Democrats or the progressives. Right? Right. So these poems that are included in this chat book were written at that time in 2003 when G.W. Bush was the Prez Daddy, you know, and um, it was a very big time of confusion, chaos, um, a lack of clarity. Uh, These are the things, uncertainty. Fear of the unknown, fear of the future. These are things that definitely permeated the landscape of anyone's psyche, soul, emotion, or action. Because after all, we were going through um, a terrorist attack. We were going through the profligation of an unknown terrorist regime attacking the American people at all costs and at spared no expense. And we were to be afraid. We were to be afraid. That brings me to my first poem. It is entitled Stateside. Stateside. We've harvested the souls of dead creatures, harnessed the philosophies of dead thinkers, and become pensive. Our collective knowledge has left us expectant, brimming with what is known beneath the surface. We will cut you to the point. We must take a poll. We have no need to be direct or indirect. We only believe what we are shown. No need to decide if it's true Western philosophies, Western culture, and legends of the past ingrained in these scandals to make history books like fiction. We turn the page of fresh discovery and find new ways to make headlines, new ways to shut up even Shakespeare at his peak. He never saw this coming. Never imagined the singing mockingbird dead in its cage. And I wonder if we will see it coming. Because we still have the ability to create things. Change things. Dream things into existence. These words are sovereign 
These words are not part of some crack pipe idealist chant rallying the nation to a historical pinnacle. They do not come from a pretentious suit or rating and gesticulating without regard for humanity. This is why we speculate. Making art and business out of possible analysis and speculative propaganda. And in our textbooks, they'll tell us plainly in a language so ambiguous the truth will seem right because it doesn't seem wrong. There's no need to be divided on the issue. Our culture is fiat. A dream does not exist as the individual's have been wheedled down to an anonymous figment of our imaginations. Pure fiction on the TV screens, an icon on our laptop, an avatar irresponsible without conscience to exist. That is how we are faring stateside. To those out there who do not believe that the silent majority has awoken, we may as well be like those people that I just described in the poem of Stateside. Like, we're just asleep. We don't know what's going on. We don't care. All we know is Biden is president-elect and there's a lot of weird stuff going on with there that we don't need to follow through because once they figure it out... Every major news outlet will report it and tell us exactly what's going on. And then we know how to move on with the rest of our lives. That is the sick satanic lemming flesh that believes that. The next poem I'm going to share with you tonight is entitled State of the Mind. It's right on the heels of Stateside. But this is, let me tell you, and this is for 2003... For 2003 with, uh, with Baby Bear Bush. Really? Really? This is our state of the mind, the Patriots. We're ready to roll. Let's go. State of the mind. It is in this hour we unite. Though we are separate, together we peer into the chasm, a phalanx of vacant humanity, voids of mind. We acknowledge nothing, see nothing, and feel nothing. It is in this hour the false power approaches. It dwells inside the land, an alien lost and dirty with gun in hand and truth in heart, but immoral judges control the mind. He grins his final grin as he crosses the border of that mind. Transcend the discrepancy. Do not hurt him. Rise above the lawlessness, civil truths. Rebuke the lies. He is an alien from a foreign land. He is a wolf domesticated by our sheep clothing. He has gained our trust and deceived us all. And we, our unified conscience geared towards war, have destroyed the antiquity of life, pummeled the gift of choice, and prostituted what we call freedom. It is in this hour we unite different people, different clans, separate but together, conscious paradoxes separatists. Peering into the yawning void and 
erasing the seeds sown long ago by some ageless, greedy hand. Resolute we step together, our cadence solemn and just. We shed green energies to heal with love. We shower light replete with sunshine to cast the duality away. We find the honor to repel the lies and the courage to remove the sights, to remove the styes, to remove the lesion once infecting every eye and return the vision, the necessity to navigate one's own life and regain the providence of free will and scrutiny for all insecurity. Two thousand three. That was that piece. The next one that I'm going to read to you definitely follows fast on those heels. It's full of that vigor and vim of the end or the beginning, whichever it is that you think it will be. Let's see if I can uh, find that for you all. But as I said, severance poems from a dystopian America they sound a certain way but there's a lot of truth and light to what they say and it's a supplement to my book The Vanishing Poets so you can pick it up if you want um, ultimately severance as well as um, poetry from the edge of forever will be limited and uh Discontinued. Red, white, and bruised. The sum of jokes and hypocrisy is our land of peace and prosperity. Eyes like red iron vent hate and instigate the fights we pine for. Tempers like jet white streaks scream across third world skies. Hearts drown blue. The skin a sickened hue. As the waters of war engulf our once free youth. The birds of vengeance ride again. They melt the pride of red, white, and blue into angry shades like a subdued bruise that relentlessly wells at the world. Where is freedom? Where is peace? Where is the ironclad security your profound vision promised us? The acts of misled patriots locked away the heart, removed the rights for privacy, foist chaos into the world, harbor a new world order, wretched in its own false democracy, peace and security uttered from his lips as the times of prophecy continue to unravel a bullet train of old thought and unified conscience married to create the reality with our strength to wish into existence a self-fulfilling dream 
The final slaughterhouse designed to trap its victims once the docile nature of the flesh weakens and begins to wilt the goodness supped up like milk, bloodied by the murder of child. The energies lowered, crashing down like towering giants weakened by the spider's bite and poisoned by their cannibalism and the shadows that influence... Deep inside the state, the actors ignominious cast their stories of deception, pacify our every need, blind us from a sacred truth where we see that we are the stars and we are the stripes burning in united conflagration. We are the citizens. We are the children sleeping in the eagle's playpen. So for the next one that I'm going to share with you, I really wish that I could share it with the musical track. I created a musical track for this one a long time ago and this one and probably the one after that I think would be best bed would be best read with the musical track but um I don't have that privilege to share with you tonight so we'll go ahead and get on with it either way but just so you know this one does come with the musical track and um I think it's more fitting with it so you see, we've had this natural progression to where I'm kind of talking about in my poetry where we are as an America, um, where we are as an America that's not awake to the things that are going on, right? And then to those who are awake and they are just, they're ready to go. Like, let's go. Like, there is no time to waste. And really there isn't. The next poem I'm going to show to you, like I said, would be better with the musical track, but it doesn't have to be that way. It's one of my older poems, as they all are. I mean, 2003, shit. It's entitled The Days That Are No More. In a cloudy counterlife, where Americans seek signs as they fly, it is necessary to separate fear from thoughts of future expansion. In a hazy humanity where leaders lead no longer, it is necessary to call the dreams that lingered on our back burners. An era has ended, is the hushed whisper on the lips of boys and men. A time has passed when our strength could steadily transcend. Shadows we see in the doppelganger reality erode to distant memories and to dust. Faces we longed for in this replica country collapse into robots, heartless shells without soul. Peace and security is the banner of the time, as the stability of the home is a picture hanging on the walls of empty houses. Honor strength, courageous truth are the dormants of notoriety 
Successful like our leaders once noble desires now submit to the decadence of self-defeat and self-immolation. As days find their home in the future, it is recognized the subtle lies of the days that are no more and how the dreams of others forged the destiny. The debt slaves only answered call before the narrow watch of the days that are to come. Those are the days that are no more. Now the next poem, as with the previous poem, would be much better if they were put together with their musical accompaniment. And perhaps someday you'll get to hear the musical accompaniment to both of them and the accompaniment to this one. But the sordid topic of the Federal Reserve Central Bank of America is a topic that got me talking a very long time ago. Because you see, this Bank of America that issues our money and deals with our economics is privately owned by businessmen of some sort, has nothing to do with the United States government, and all decisions that they make are to ensure that they retain maximum profit while running the bank of the United States of America. And here's the catch. These people print and make the money for us while that money has nothing to back up its value. And then they charge us for the money that they print. Like a credit card. Interest. And we pay interest on the faith that their money which has nothing that backs up its value, is good. We are fools. We have been taken advantage of for the last time by these individuals who think that our goodwill will extend prosperity to their shores. This poem is entitled, End the Fed. We're not joking anymore. To the work, the worshippers, the serpents and the stakes, the dividers among us. The stakes have been held captive, a pretense of threat. Their dreams have materialized. Fact was made fiction in the history books of our children, but the fiction of the past haunts us like a government template that we call the Orwellian classic, Big Brother Syndrome, a drone. Big Brother drones are knocking on my door. They're eating up my data. They're asking me for more. They want this knowledge as much as they can take to fuel the paranoia that they instigate. They stopped joking a long time ago. These sinister fiends of perpetual debt. They've been working and we found them out. I will rout you out, serpents. I will rout you out. 
I will root you out from your dens, thieves, cowards, satanists. The sublimity is scary. The shadow of your total control. Is this how you did it, Hitler? We know he listened to the dictates of those bankers, the money changers, and he just let them be. From Clinton to Johnson to Hillary to Hitler to Bush, we just let them be. Barry and George sitting in a tree, signing away our rights to make history. They're telling their lies, and with false flags terrorize. With false flags, they terrorize. The government's lost control. And the people sold to a literal master whose illusion of debt controls their perception. And as the sun begins to set, as the rain begins to drizzle, its warm descent hits our heads, splats our foreheads, lands on eyelids, chuckles our cheeks as it streaks deep red. Our eyes have begun to open in a slit of recognition, in a sliver of memory, searching for the power to burst wide open. To fully see the pit this policy has dragged us to. In the dirty mire. In these filthy chains. Naked. Unknowing. Unaware. Half asleep. Desiring just to dream. Desiring just to believe. In the good of man. I wanted to believe. So that was my rant against the Federal Reserve. And believe it, in earlier years, I used to really, really go after the Federal Reserve. Like, um, we're talking like going out to protest and screaming, and the Fed at the top of our lungs just to get some attention. Okay, I think we're doing pretty good on time. We're at 31 and I have no idea what my facial expressions are being because I am delivering this virtual poetry reading. So the next poem I'm going to read, and there are only a few more before we wrap up. I mean, because a chat book is just a chapter of a book, you know, shared with individuals. I have about three more that I'd like to share with you guys before I wrap it up for the night. This one is entitled The Fourth Estate. The Fourth Estate, of course, being media and news. Um, being the major media outlets. And now it can really be, um, you know, inclusive of entertainment, whether it's literature, publishing, music, or movies. It's all for the shit. It's all propaganda. It's all tied together. And I wrote this back in about 03, the fourth estate. 
headlines of the nation sway in the wind. They wave through gracious space and hang out on our neighbor's flagpoles. We adorn them those black print reams of words and thoughts that prideful mount the helm of the basking sun. Headlines read into many things. They spell the nation with urgency, curving every word, donning false pretenses, scrambling this truth and uh, turning uh, upside down and inside out. Educators and reporters, actors, casts with severe clout renounce their roles as truthsayers, become seekers of the lie and peddlers of deception manufacturers of history the elusive a sacred artist visionary and scribe the vibrant mirthful minstrel creators of a kind locked away their talent shunned their vision and their voice released their lovers to be best of showy have sullied their beds with filth of promise hubris vanity and wealth Precious vices for acceptance force their legs to part, the wombs to open to receive them, the jealous spirits, the dark and gluttonous. Life designed to disengage, dwindling values keep passion caged, nothing left to give to them. They've had it all, it's not enough. Belief is not suspended, trust is never questioned, malignant opportunities bleed deception in the wake, reporters run the gamut, producers pull the strings, headlines smell like coffee but age like obituaries, they sound the sirens of the world and erase history from the dead. Headlines of attention, headlines of assumption, headlines... Are the eyes of people as the eyes of omniscience probe us all, intimidate and pry. The eyes of the brother awaiting his war, the eyes of destruction, the eyes of malfeasance, the eyes of doubt, the eyes that control, the eyes of big brother return, an Orwellian veil shroud ensconced and opaque the blood of our debt bleeding through the pores of every truth seeker that knows coincidence cannot exist in duality and his revered novel severed a template to every people so understanding would incite new action against the conscience and resistance to integrity He's watching the world, the screen on his wall. He warns the mask of the bald eagle, spreading plagues of hate on sovereign wings, defiling the hearts of man. He monitors all behind a curtain of red, white, and blue, using this country as an obscene ruse to seize the world. America, the Trojan horse, 
He's watching his monitors, he's studying his screens, deciding what images to carefully wean. Like Hitler, he's culling images, he's staging scenes, deciding what truth will literally be. His youth will know only what they read. This poem is entitled Sad Height. It is after Walcott's A Far Cry from Africa. Wind sweeps through the sullen city as rats rampant reside in streets and cracked buildings. The wind pushes past our dwellings, boxes painted and carved to taste. Roaches scamper, our homes, their food and fodder, they scurry carrying the memory of the world inside their mind. They hide in the foundations with the fleas and termite. Roaches, wise men of old, cry out, waste no compassion on these separate dead. Separate. In a unity that binds us in stagnant desperation, a nation bound, a truth is told, it is in our boxes we learn. And being bound, we are separate from each other. Separate. With a sarcastic quip and a cynic's lips, it is in these hidden truths the subtle lies have disguised the idea of the individual. We've become a homogenous routine, creating and destroying time like a clock, daily in and out in service or by necessity the chains of poverty and neo-feudalism around our neck. Climbs of fear and terror realize the day arrogant are bombs scattered across lands innocent of cause and the just are played by willing deceit, speaking daily on programs of their screens, the level of exposure designed to rot entertainment, damn the soul, food and water, damn the body, false histories, propaganda, damn the mind, this is my America, a land I learned to love, this is a country I have come to understand as a symbol, an idea now defamed, backwards, reverse, and upside down. Waste no compassion, he says. Waste nothing on these separate dead, for they are lost among the fallen as the wind passes them by. And they are fast asleep. As the wind leaves them behind.
This is the final poem I shall be sharing with you all this evening. This poem is the title poem for the chapbook Severance. Poems of a Dystopian America. I hope you have enjoyed. Pick it up wherever books are sold. Ask for it by name. Severance. Dismembered minds of my generation want me to bow down to God, to lie down for their golden one to become a member of their herd. They want me to think like the rest of the animals, all eating and sleeping and fucking pleasure, their first reality. The world has less to offer, like a cheapened sex, like a VD-ridden whore. Dismembered minds of my generation want me to pass judgment like they do. To exclude the homeless man. To ignore the thoughtful man. To shun the righteous man. To defraud myself of truth and turn my back on myself. To learn to unlove myself. To see a stranger in the mirror. To find no value in finding my way. Dismembered minds of my generation want me to see like they see with eyes, not their own. They want me to see the sun setting even though it's rising. They want me to see the earth is warming even though it's cycling like it cycles naturally. But natural, they are not Drones of the latest fad, pigeon stuffed collections, taxidermy dogs, still life models, a hunter's art capture. They want me to be mute like them. They want me to agree with them. They want me to be dull like them. They want me to pretend. There is but one world around us, sifting through a bowl of lies and an enchanted world of losers looking to the sky for signs they see in the movies, separating each other into tiny reclusive cubicles, severing their hearts from empathy and love finding nothing worth discovering just pacing back and forth chained to their own apathy and desperately alone but to love them and forgive them every single one of them the dismembered minds of my generation is the stated mission from above. And that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to this special episode of The Experience with Michael Aaron Cosseris during the reading, virtually speaking, of my chapbook. Severance, Poems of a Dystopian America. You can pick it up at Amazon. Enrich Jeff Bezos, but you'll enrich this poet also. And I'll be seeing you all on the flip side in uh, D.C. on January 6th for the Mega Million March. All of y'all, I love you, and I'll see you there. Ta.